Good to see everybody. It's uh, March the first. The time is going so quickly, right? Speaking of time, we're going to be looking at time today in a very special way. So our uh, memory verse. Uh, our memory verse is Second Peter uh, three thirteen. It's uh, in keeping with his promise, we're looking forward uh, to the new heaven and the new earth where righteousness dwells. Okay, so this is a title for our sermon, we're looking forward. And I might ask you. What are you looking forward to? Are you looking forward to the new heaven and the new earth? Maybe you're just looking forward to buying something new? <laughs> kind of more likely? Maybe spending some time with your family? Maybe you're looking forward to taking a trip? Today, God's going to reveal something we can all look forward to. This is uh, something eternal. And I almost feel like we need a time machine or a spaceship this morning because we're going to go way into the future. So hold on. All right. These were the very last words that we hear from the Apostle Peter. You know, he's in prison and he's about to be executed by the Romans. But what was Peter looking forward to? Well, Certainly he was concerned for the church, for the believers. So in his last thoughts, he wants to help encourage and strengthen the church. Okay, so it's under the uh, inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter writes his letter. And he's going to give a warning. Okay, and he, and he wants us to look with him. He wants us to look way into the future. And we do that. We look into the future for the, the purpose of uh, how are we going to live our lives here and now, today? So I think what Peter is telling us is, you know, even he's facing terribly difficult circumstances, but as believers we can we can have hope. Okay, no matter what happens, coronavirus or whatever, we have hope. 
Because we know God is working all things for the good of those who love Him, those who are called according to His purpose. It always a good idea to pray. So let's start let's start with prayer. Heavenly Father, there is uh, so much that we do not know about the future. What we do know is that you have planned it. And we thank you that the Bible it, it gives us a glimpse into the future. We have enough to give us real hope. We thank you, Lord, you've given us spiritual light. We can have true understanding. We can know where we came from. We can know who we are today. Especially we can know where are we going. Maybe even better, where you are taking us. So Lord, with you we know we have a future far better than what we can even begin to ask or imagine. Lord, we ask, as we read Peter's letter today, would you reveal spiritual truth to us? Help us to know how would you have us to live our lives today? Especially in the light of you know your returning to this earth. Even more than that, your revelation of the destruction of this earth. The creation of a whole new earth. The Holy Spirit, we pray, reveal to us the things that we need to know. So that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Especially help us not to be led astray by the, the error of the, the scoffers and the unbelievers. Christ's name I pray, Amen. Amen. Okay, looking forward. So in uh, this, uh, the prophet Isaiah said, uh, Behold, God said this to the prophet Isaiah, I create new heavens and new earth. So here you see a Jewish prophet, and he's looking forward, that's our title, looking forward into the future. Okay, God has designed and he has planned a wonderful future for his people. That, that future includes a uh, a whole new creation. I'm not sure if you can read this clearly, but uh, 
Well, okay. So uh, here's the prophet. The Old Testament says Isaiah. He's looking. But here's Calvary. Here's Pentecost. There are some things that they don't see. They're, they're hidden in the valley. But they do see. They see the rise of the Antichrist. They see the coming kingdom. And here's where we're going. A new earth, a new heaven, and a new Jerusalem. So God wants you to be aware what's coming. Okay, there's a, a divine appointment. This earth has a divine appointment with its creator. You don't want to have any uh, doubt or mistake about this. There's a day coming when God will deal with the earth. The day and the hour, I believe, I believe they're already set by God. So here, uh, verse 10, Peter begins, The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The heavens will pass away with a great noise and the, the elements will melt with fervent heat. This, this earth and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. I'm like, oh, wow. wow. <laughs> okay. I think it's kind of funny. You know, Peter says that some of the things that the Apostle Paul writes, are, some of the things are difficult to understand. I don't mind telling you. Sometimes that's how I feel about what Peter writes. <laughs> what is Peter talking about here? Alright, well, one of the main things, I think he's trying to remind us how temporary uh, this whole creation really is. Oh, okay, so here, I didn't realize this is going to be a build. That's interesting. Okay, this chart is going to show us a, a basic chronological order of events. Oh, let's see what happens. Okay, so we're in the church age right now. Okay, and the church age will come to uh, an end, and the church will be raptured. So, Okay, after that happens, there's a brief period of time, the tribulation time, seven years. Yeah, so understand, these, these are not the scale. This is 
more than 2,000 years already, and this is only seven years, it'd be so tiny you can hardly see it. So this is not a Okay, after that will come the millennial kingdom. And then will come the new heavens and the new earth. Okay, so uh, this is called the day of the Lord. And this, this is a special biblical term, the day of the Lord. Even the Apostle Paul speaks of this day. When Paul says, brothers and sisters, about times and dates, we don't even need to write to you. You know the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. And the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, he said this. Well, that's not a good word. Okay. The day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. The day of the Lord is coming. Isaiah says, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger. To make the land desolate, to destroy the sinners within it. God says, I will punish the world for its evil. The wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty and I will humble the pride of the ruthless. Isaiah says, uh, God says, Isaiah, therefore I will make the heavens tremble and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. So Again, I say, oh, wow. Okay. So the day of the Lord. This is speaking to us about God's uh, future judgments. Specifically, there's going to be judgments against rebellious, the rebellious nation of Israel. You may have heard that's also called the time of Jacob's trouble. You know Jacob's name was changed to Israel. So that's going to be the seven-year tribulation. The day of the Lord, it also includes God's future wrath against the nations of the world that will rise up against Israel. 
针对世上的国家联合起来，想要毁灭以色列的这个审判。That's going to happen near the end of the seven-year tribulation. 所以这一件事会在七年大灾难要结束的将要结束的时候发生。The day of the Lord is also going to include some of the events at the very end of the millennial kingdom. 所以主的日子也包括在千禧年国度将要结束的那个时候。Okay, so remember,、uh, Peter already told us、uh, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years. So, this Peter already told us that the Lord is like a thousand years. I'm going to take into the Book of Revelation for a little bit. So, let's go to chapter twenty. The Apostle John uses a thousand years. He says it six times. So, in chapter twenty, the Apostle John uses a thousand years. He says this is concerning now what's called the first resurrection. So, they came to life and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. They all reigned with Christ a thousand years. Oh, let me see if I can find that on there. Okay, here's the end of the here's the church age and here's here's the end of the church age. So here is the first resurrection. And the rapture. Remember, the dead in Christ rise first, and then we're still alive rise with him. So, at the end of the church age is the first resurrection. So, in the church age, the first resurrection is the first resurrection. So, the church age is the first resurrection. So, the church age is the You're going to be in that first resurrection. You're going to be okay. You're still going to be with the Lord. So, when the first resurrection happens, but if the Lord comes before you die and you're a believer, you'll be in the rapture. So, if you're a believer, I just want you to understand. Either way, you're okay. So, two situations. All right. So then,、uh, John says the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were over. So, John says, so again, the scale is way off. This is only seven years. This is more than two thousand years. I'll show you how we're going to come back with the Lord to come into the kingdom. But here's the thousand-year millennial kingdom. And I'm sorry, this is so hard to read, but this actually says second resurrection. So at the end of the millennial kingdom is the second resurrection. 对，虽然是看得很不清楚，但是在千禧年将要结束的时候，有第二次的复活。I'll explain it more as we go. 我们等一下会继续解释。But、uh, the second resurrection occurs at the end of the millennial kingdom. 所以第二次的复活是在千禧年将要结束的时候发生。Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. 在头一次复活有份的有福了。The second death has no power over them. 第二次的死在他们身上没有权利。Okay, the, the second death is the lake of fire. So if you're in the first resurrection, 
The second death has no power over you. Okay, so just ride with me on these. <laughs> okay, so John's going to continue now speaking about the first resurrection. Okay, they will be priests of God and of Christ and they will reign with him for 1,000 years. So, and when the thousand years are over, Satan is going to be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nation. Okay, so one other thing. When the millennial kingdom begins, Satan is bound. He's not in the lake of fire yet, but he's bound. So during the thousand years, he has no influence over what happens. Okay, but at the end of the thousand years, oh my goodness, he's loosed again and there's one final battle at the very end. So all I really want you to get from that is the, the millennial kingdom is going to be 1,000 years. So that's why it's called the millennial kingdom. Milli, like in a millimeters in a meter, means 1,000. Okay, so Peter continues in verse 10. That day of the Lord, like a thief in the night. A thief in the night reveals that this day of the Lord is going to be something that comes suddenly, unexpectedly. Here's Jesus speaking about his second coming. Jesus says, understand this. If the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch. Jesus actually speaks of this twice more in the book of Revelation. If Jesus says, if you don't wake up, I will come like a thief. You will not know at what time I will come. And in Revelation 16, he says, look, I come like a thief. Alright, so Peter and Paul and Jesus, they all speak of the second coming as being like a thief in the night. Okay, so 
So if you ask yourself, okay, what does the faith do? The thief comes, and obviously he's he's not coming to take over the house. But he's coming to take something valuable, right? He's going to take it, and he's going to take it away. So to the unbelieving world, this is going to be like a thief in the night because they're in spiritual darkness. The Apostle Paul says, though, to you as believers, brothers and sisters, you, you're not in darkness that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night and to the darkness. So as a believer, you and I, we need to settle this once and for all in our heart. The day of the Lord is certainly going to come. Okay, we wait for the Son from heaven whom God raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues you from the coming wrath. Okay, so this is a wonderful and yet a terrible the day of the Lord. And this day begins when Jesus rescues his church. It comes before God's wrath comes in the tribulation time. And does a thief announce, hey, I'm coming on next Tuesday at 3 o'clock? There's no advance notice. Okay, he could come today. Jesus said, about that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, only the Father. Okay, this is as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. These are Jesus' words. In in the days before the flood, the people were they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage. Right up to the day that Noah entered the ark. Okay, they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. Okay, Jesus says it's going to be just like that at the coming of the Son of Man. He says two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. 
Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other left. So Jesus says, therefore keep watch. You do not know on what day your Lord will come. Now the Apostle Paul says we wait for the blessed hope. That's the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. As believers, we're not waiting for the Antichrist. We have been pressing with that thing. If you're waiting for the Antichrist, I say it's like being in the dentist office waiting for a root canal. Where's the joy in that? No, no, no. The, the Lord's return, that is our blessed hope. Okay, as believers, we're looking for a wedding. Okay, so the rapture and the second coming, it, it's not one and the same event, but they are related to each other, they're connected to each other. Okay, so in the chart, you can see at the end of the seven-year tribulation, resurrected and raptured believers will at that time return with the Lord. Okay. Alright, so here's the end of the church age, whatever that is. First resurrection and rapture. Now you're in the clouds, you're in the you're with Jesus. Okay, down on the earth is going to be a very difficult time, the tribulation. Jesus is going to take you to the Father's house where there's going to be a, a marriage, the wedding. And then at the very end of this seven-year tribulation, we will come back with the Lord to this earth and he's going to begin the millennial kingdom. Okay, so you're going to return, you're going to be in now your, your glorified body. For you, never again to die, never again to sin. And yet, as, as wonderful as this millennial kingdom will be, it's not the end of the story. You are not in heaven yet. Okay. So uh, back to Revelation chapter 20. We know Satan is locked up during that millennial kingdom. He and his demons will have no influence over people. That's a good thing. And yet, there is going to be some sin 
Even in the millennial kingdom. Okay, I'm not going to go into all the details of that today, but if you're interested, see me after and I'll explain it to you. Okay, so the main purpose of the millennial kingdom is really the fulfillment of the promises that God made to Israel to the Jewish people. He specifically made promises about the land. Those have not been fulfilled yet. And God is faithful. He is going to fulfill his promises to Israel. So the the thing the millennial kingdom is going to demonstrate, even under the most ideal of conditions, Satan and his demons excluded, and yet you'll see sin has not yet been fully eradicated from so how this is going to happen? Just briefly, some some of the people that go through the tribulation, it's it's like it's like people that survived uh, the Holocaust with Germany, World War Two. They they survive and now they go into the kingdom still in their bodies. You're coming in glorified, but they're coming into the kingdom from the tribulation in their human Adamic bodies. Yeah,就是说在七年大灾难的时候 Okay, so there are millions of people who will come to faith in Christ during the tribulation. Many will be killed. But many will come in to the kingdom not dying. Okay, so the earth in this time is, is going to be a very blessed time. It's, it's not going to be anything like it is today in, as far as sin. Let me give you just again a little taste from Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah says, The wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, and the calf, and the lion, and the yearling together, and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear, the young will lie down together, and the lion will eat straw like an ox. Okay, so 
And the infant will play near the cobra's den, that's a snake. The young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. Okay, but they will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain. So the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea. Okay, so the millennial kingdom is going to be a time of incredible blessing on the earth. Jesus will be the king, he will rule the earth as the king in Israel. But then, when the thousand years are over, stick with me, I'm going to show you how this gets to Peter in a minute. Okay, when a thousand years are over, Satan is released from his prison, he's going to go out and deceive the nations uh, in the four corners of the earth. It's like, ah, I can't even believe that thought. Ah, there are going to be people who still rebel after the millennial kingdom. Yeah, this is what God is showing. See, there's still hidden rebellion in the hearts of fallen people who are born during that time. Okay, so then this is now the final purge of sin from man and from the earth at the end of the millennial kingdom. Right here, there's the final battle. Satan comes out, but he's defeated very quickly. Okay, I'm almost to the part where we're back to Peter. Hold on. Alright, so then, because Peter's talking about new heaven and new earth, that's what I'm trying to get to. Okay, so then here comes the second uh, resurrection, and this is the great white throne judgment. Okay, this is the resurrection of all the people who never believed, all the unbelievers in the world will be resurrected at that second resurrection and come before Jesus at the great white throne judgment. These are people who could have been saved by grace through faith. They don't want Jesus to be their Lord. God has continuously given them opportunity to be saved. They've made their choice. Okay, and God has a place for them. And this is this is the sinner's doom. This is the second death. That's the lake of fire. 
，所以神在白色大宝座做了审判，就把他送到火湖，那就是第二次的死。But that's eternal. 那就是永永远远。All right, so I think finally I can get to the place where I'm back to the Apostle Peter. Second Peter chapter three. Now Peter says the heavens will disappear with a roar, the elements will be destroyed by fire, the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. 天地大有响声，废去，有形质的都要被烈火消化。It's shocking, but it's what the Bible says. It's all going to burn. So it's the present heavens, the earth, they're reserved for fire. Peter says, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. 直流到不敬虔之人受审判遭成人的日子，用火焚烧。Right now, Peter makes this part very clear. What's the reason? Why does God want you to know this? 所以彼得在这边写的很清楚，说为什么神要让你明白这些事。Peter says, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people should you be? 彼得说：“这一切既然都要如此消化，你们为人该当怎样 ？”Now, if you're thinking, I like materialism, carnality. All right, that's the wrong answer. 哦，或者是肉体的情欲，这个是错误的答案。Okay, that's not what God is looking for. 神不是在寻找这些。Peter says you ought to live holy, godly lives, and here it is: as you look forward, you're looking. Forward to something. 你们应为人应当怎样圣洁，怎样敬虔，切切仰望神的日子来到。So Peter was facing his imminent death when he wrote this. 所以彼得在他面临即将来临的死亡的时候写了这个书信。And I, I think this is what he wants us to know. 我想他是要想让我们知道这件事。You can still have great hope. 你还是有盼望。Okay, because of your faith in Jesus Christ, joy to the world. The Lord is come. Okay, because of who Jesus truly is. Because of what Jesus has already done. And because of what Jesus is still doing, he's seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. He's not finished. His work on the cross, he said, is finished. That was the work for salvation, atonement. Peter's warning you: He is coming back, and he's going to judge the world. So don't be misled. Listen, the world out there doesn't know any of this. They're in the dark of the night, spiritually. So don't be misled. Listen, the world out there doesn't know any of this. They're in the dark of the night, spiritually. 
What seems like a long time, this delay of judgment, that's God's mercy that people will repent. Okay, so now I want to show you one more thing. I just want to make a connection between something in the, uh, the, the very distant biblical past. Okay, I'm going to connect it with something in the very distant biblical future. So you might remember at the very beginning of his letter, Peter uh, says, I think it's right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body. Okay, the uh, the King James Version uh, uses the word tabernacle for tent. Remember the tabernacle, we're going way back now. Okay, so this was a temporary structure. It was a place where holy God and sinful man could meet. And later on it's changed to the temple, a, a more permanent place where God and man could meet. Okay, and then let's just go now all the way to the very last book of the Bible up into Revelation. So I'm going to take it almost as far as we can possibly see spiritually. The prophets saw this. Here's what's coming. I saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. Prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And it says the city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. And an angel shows Johnny measures with a, uh, a some kind of a measuring rod. It's twelve thousand stadia in length. So it's as wide and as high as it is long. Twelve thousand stadia. That's like one thousand five hundred miles. It's huge. You see it here, it's on North America. That's the city that God is creating. It's a big city. Okay, it's, it's nearly as large as the moon. The volume of this cube, if you just do the math, it's uh, it's three billion three point uh, three point. Uh, let me just say this: it's more than three billion cubic miles. So, 
if the New Jerusalem, you know, like lands on the earth or just sort of hovers above the earth. Perhaps this is the place when Jesus said these words. My father's house has many rooms. That were not so, would I have told you I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, the Lord's promise, I will come back and I will take you to be with me so that you may be where I am. Okay, now in the Bible, it's just the connection. What was the only other place in the Bible where we saw a perfect cube? It's the, the most holy place. Okay, this was the place in the tabernacle, the, the, the only place where man and God could meet. And it's the same in, in the temple, the most holy place was this cube shape where only uh, holy God and, and sinful man could meet. It was only the high priest and only once a year, Yom Kippur, and he had to come with blood. So the Apostle John in Revelation, he writes this. I didn't see a temple in the city. He's talking about the New Jerusalem. There's no temple in the New Jerusalem. And why is that? He says, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. So Jesus, he, he is the ultimate meeting place between man and God. And just for fun, so I just created a little cube here. I'll show you. Okay. All right. Here is the idea of a a cube. It's a perfect cube. There's something interesting about the cube. If I unfold it, you Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. When Jesus died on the cross. 
that that moment that the curtain in that temple that divided us from that most holy place was torn from top to bottom. So that curtain, it symbolized the separation of man from holy God. But Jesus' death on the cross, that, that opened the way. And we are all able to go to the most holy place. So in this new Jerusalem that's coming, this is where you, you're going to literally be enfolded in the love of God in the new Jerusalem. We will all be in Christ. Christ is in you. You are in Christ. Christ and God, the Father, are one. Okay, this is the ultimate, the eternal meeting place between us and God. Better than the Garden of Eden. Yeah. And I don't know, maybe we go from the Jerusalem down to the earth, I'm not sure how that all works, but it's going to be great. So he puts out this and John says, I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. That whole old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne says, Behold, I make everything new. Alright, so now, knowing these things, let's be on our guard. Don't be carried away by the error of this unbelieving world. Let's continue to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And to God be all the glory. I close with prayer. Heavenly Father, this present earth has a divine appointment with you. Peter has warned us that you can and you will bring judgment on the unrepentant. You will do it as surely in the future as you did it in the past. 
Jesus, you promised you will return to this earth. Help us to live and to walk in the light of your promises. Keep us ever mindful. The day of the Lord will surely come. Every day we're getting closer to that eternal place. We have no fear of death, Lord. Help us to live our lives with this faith and hope. Because your word is faithful and true. Amen. Amen. Amen.